Welcome to the Confident in Christ podcast, a ministry of the First Baptist Church of Valley Springs, Arkansas. All month long, we're discussing the topic of spiritual gifts, and this week we're examining some of the New Testament lists of distinct spiritual gifts and talking about whether these things all still exist today and why we may or may not see them practiced in the local church. Certainly a controversial topic, or at least can be, so grab your Bibles and join us as we think about the list of spiritual gifts in the New Testament. I really want to encourage all of our listeners to be praying about, thinking about, having discussions with others about spiritual gifts. And so what we want to do today primarily is to flesh out some of the biblical passages that list out what are the spiritual gifts. And one of the easiest ones to get a handle on is in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, gives the shortest list, those who speak and those who serve, gifts of speaking, gifts of service. And most of the gifts that we're going to uncover in these other passages, you could probably put under those categories. And I know that's a, a lot of people's fear with the gifts is they don't want to get up and speak. Well, if you're one of those, if you're scared to death, of speaking. The Lord's probably calling you to be a preacher. Or it could be that maybe your gifting lies in, in the broader category of service. So let's look at a couple of these passages and have some of our folks at the round table read for us. Let's start with Ephesians uh, chapter 4 and verse 11. Russell's going to read that one. And it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ all right so that's either a fourfold or a fivefold list these are roles or functions in the church the apostles were pretty clear about that one prophets and and shepherds pastors and teachers some people hyphenate that as one pastor teacher and then evangelist for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry so these are maybe what we could think about some of the functional or positional leadership roles that are to build up the rest of the body and help them find their place of service in, in the church. All right, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Stacy, I think, has that one. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers. Then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Those pretty scary ones for Baptist folks right there. Right? We get into some of the same ones from Ephesians 4. You've got these gifts of miracles and healings, helps administration of the tongues. Here's an interesting thing to think about when we're reading through these gifts. Um, some translations and sometimes the way we talk about them place these as resident within the person, meaning God creates miracle workers as opposed to God does gifts of miracles, maybe through a person. And that becomes a, a topic of discussion as we're thinking about how gifts operate. For instance, the gift of healing. That's a great one to think about. Does anybody here believe that there's no way that God heals today? Most of y'all would say, okay, I think God heals. Do you think God heals through the prayers of his people? Is it possible that if Sarah and Russell come to my house and lay hands on me and pray, that God answers that prayer and, and gives a gift of healing? Is that possible? Biblically possible. It says it is. Mm -hmm. If that happens, should we call Russell and Sarah people who have the gift of healing? Yeah. Are they healers? Is it God just working through people, but it's not resident? It's just a thing he does. It's gifts of healing. Not so much the gift of healers. 
So we should be aware of that as we're thinking about these things. All right, let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Uh, John's going to read that one. For to one is given, given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diver, diverse kinds of tongue, tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So that brought up specifically just discussing prophecy and the gift of tongues and things like that. All right, let's look at this last one in Romans 12, 6 through 8. I think Sarah's going to read that one for us. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership abilities, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. We could sum that one up. If God, whatever God has given you in terms of a gift, do it, right? But, but we're thinking about the list of, of spiritual gifts that we have in the Bible. So those are the primary passages. One thing you should notice pretty easily is that none of those lists is exactly the same. What do you what do you make of that? How do you if as you're doing theology and Bible interpretation and you're trying we are trying to come up with okay what are the spiritual gifts because I got to figure mine out. So I need to know what they are. And I'm going to the Bible and I'm going uh, none of these lists are the same. That seems a little strange if you're trying if you're the type A personality, like you want the list and you want to go down and have it all in a box for you, these passages might disturb you. What do y'all make of that? I think it just makes my list bigger. <laughs> so there's a lot of possibilities. So you're still making a list. You just have a, a lot of passages. <laughs> all right. Good. That's good. That's all right. What else? It just shows all the different ways that God can gift you to serve his body. But there's no definitive list for any of these churches that's given, and maybe they took it as a definitive list. But as we look across the passages, we realize that, especially since uh, Paul wrote every one of those, mm -hmm. same author, and at different points, he's just listing out different gifts. So maybe we would think that he's not trying to give an exhaustive list of, okay, here they all are. Most, most people would say there's somewhere between 20 and 22 listed in the New Testament. and uh, But I, I don't think that's all of them. Do you? Can, can there be new ones or different ones or mixes of these things, do you think? I think they're kind of broad categories. Your spiritual gift can fall under. You know, the gift of service, there's so many different ways you can serve. Uh, and the gift of teaching, I mean, it's just a broad list not everybody's called to do that it's it's broad so it might be getting up in front of the congregation it might be speaking in the foyer before or after service just talking to people and even that simple list speak and serve doesn't mean the people with service gifts should never say a thing when they come to church right <laughs> there's going to be a combination of 
you know, physically doing things, even if you're in one of those speaking gifts. But uh, I, I do think that most people could probably find within those broad things shades of their gifting, maybe combinations. And I don't know how many gifts a person might have. You all think spiritual gifts change over time. How about this one? Could you lose one? We've already discussed about to desire certain gifts. Could one go away? I believe it could. I mean, because we're all in different seasons of our uh, faith. So you might be in a season where you bring a new one on and you one might not be there anymore. So one of the things that's evident in those passages we read is speaking about these supernatural and miraculous type gifts. So why do you think we don't see more supernatural gifts at work in our midst today? And this, let's just throw it out there and say this can be controversial and people are all over the board and we're just wanting to surface issues and, and try to do justice biblically uh, and understand things. I feel like we need to believe in the supernatural gifts because the Bible is supernatural, the things in it. But the time that so many of these supernatural things were happening at the time of Jesus and the apostles, that's what was needed to grow the church in the first century. Now we have the Bible with accounts of those uh, supernatural gifts. So we don't necessarily need to see them firsthand because we have firsthand accounts of them. I'd also say the necessity of the thing of the gift, like speaking in tongues to a certain area that doesn't know your language, like saying a missionary goes to Af a rural tribe in Africa that doesn't understand English or anything, and so God uses their words and then they make it to where the people can understand it and they can accept Christ. I don't necessarily there think, think that there are healers. God heals through people's faithful prayers for things. I, I believe in that kind of healing, but I also believe that God can just heal somebody like that. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's normative. Uh, so I don't know. I'm going to throw this out there. So in Ephesians 4.11, which I think we read some of this, but he says the gifts Christ gave to the church. The responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I know I'm not there and will not be there <laughs> ever. I mean, you know, but so so to me, it's more I look inward maybe as maybe I have limiting limitations or I'm putting limitations where God can do anything. But it's my belief or my lack of faith or maybe something like that where I may not see the manifestation of it. I've heard that. I've heard people say, you know, like that. They're like, you're putting God in a box kind of thing. And I mean, I get that. What do you think are the best biblical arguments or arguments you've heard, let's say for a cessationist position, which says, no, these things aren't going on today. Are Can you sustain that from the Bible convincingly? Sarah read one passage, uh, Hebrews 1. Which, which some would say specifically, then, yeah, no, no prophets, because Jesus has come. The problem with that is the spiritual gift passages, Ephesians four, as if he's giving prophets in the church. So, so that that one becomes a little bit difficult. Are there are there others on either side, the cessationist or the continualist? I think the first continualist position would would be that 
Yeah, you get all of these letters to the churches saying these things are still going on. And it's not just the apostles. So, so Paul is gone from Corinth. And these things he assumes are still going on in their battle, prophecy, tongues, so on and so forth. So, so he's writing and saying, yeah, these things are going on and I'm not there. No apostle is there. So that's an argument for it wasn't just with the apostles. But he's he's writing it down. Sure. Why do you think he's writing writing the letter? Because it was it was messy. Yeah. It was creating some concerns. Absolutely. Within the church because they they didn't quite know what to do with it or how to do with it. I'm more toward the, just the middle. Either way, yes, it can't happen. I don't think it's gone, but it's not every day that a lot of those are happening. Well, definitely, as the scriptures wind down in the letters to the churches, you don't see, I mean, it seems like those kind of things become less and less prominent. And um, the other thing is, as you read through the Bible as a whole, it seems like there are these seasons of proliferation of supernatural, and then not. And uh, I do think we're not wrong to, to say that, yeah, there are seasons when God's just not actively doing certain things, but I've just never been able to sustain a cessationist position biblically, though I would say generally, that's where I am functionally. I just see so many abuses and wholesale ignoring of scriptures that put boundaries around it that it causes me uh, great concern. And so it does seem like, like Kurt was saying, in these churches where these letters are being written, there's a whole lot of problems surfacing and centering around some of these more miraculous things. But guess what? If we're not arguing about miraculous things, we are arguing about the color of the carpet. Yeah, I'd say it'd be nice to be arguing about miraculous. Yeah, yeah. Those would right. be the kind of arguments to have. So can I ask a stupid question? Um, so when, when, so in in First Corinthians thirteen ten, where it says, "But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears." Are people saying, "Okay, perfection is Jesus," and so when He comes, but but Jesus came, and He's still saying that. So I, I don't see how that would... No, I'm saying when Jesus comes, the second coming. The second when, coming. When, when, but they wouldn't use this for a cessation argument. Yes, they use this, and they say the perfect is when the Bible is written down and transmitted. They say it's okay. the canon I heard you say that, so I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. That, that's, so what I'm saying is I translate As when the, when the perfect comes, that's when so our faith becomes sight. Because there's only one perfect. Yes, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I think this, as a, as a wrap-up to all of these verses, I don't think we're bound precisely to these lists and categorization of 22 gifts. I think they're very helpful. And I think that most people could probably find encompassed in those things some of their own areas of gifting. And we are greatly helped by reading Scripture and evaluating ourselves by it and seeing how those things uh, may fit with us and how we fit with them. So next podcast, we'll talk a little bit more about some of these miraculous gifts, prophecy, then we'll talk about the gifts of tongues, and then we'll round out the month talking about discovering our spiritual gifts. Well, let me close the podcast by encouraging you in your spiritual gifts. If you know what your gifting area or areas are, uh, do like the Bible says and exercise your gifts for the building up of the body. If you don't know what your gift or giftings are, let me encourage you also to go to those passages that we discussed during the podcast Go to them prayerfully and read them and ask the Lord and ask others to help you to discover your spiritual gifts because they're needed in the church. 
This is Pastor Sean Milliken. Thanks for joining us in our Confident in Christ podcast.